Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time it may be when you're listening to this. Welcome to the first and only episode of Murderers with Ivana. I am your host, Ivana, and today we're going to be talking about America's most prolific female serial killer, Eileen Warnos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Um, Just before we start this episode, I'd like to put a light trigger warning. There will be mentions of rape, incest, and suicide in this podcast, as well as murder. So viewer discretion is advised. That being said, let's get on into the podcast. So first of all, let's start with her childhood. Um, this very upbeat, I am saying this in such an upbeat way, even though this is a very, very sad story. The life and death of Eileen Warnos could not have been sadder, if I do say so myself. Um, her, she had a pretty rough childhood. Her parents were divorced before she was even born, and her dad was incarcerated her whole life. Like, she had never really been around her dad, and her mother had actually abandoned her and her older brother, Keith, at her grandparents' house, and she had never come back. Word was, she moved to Texas. So Irene and her brother, Keith, grew up in Troy, where they had an incestuous sexual relationship throughout her childhood as well as being constantly abused by her grandfather and her grandmother was an alcoholic and didn't really pay much attention to the kids so her grandfather was also an abusive and alcoholic person and he was the one who was usually around the kids he'd let his friends come over and take turns sexually assaulting Eileen and then proceed to abuse her at one point one of her friends even had to stay and watch her grandfather abuse her and this literally messed Eileen up so badly. She didn't talk to that friend much after that. At the tender age of nine, it was said that Eileen would ask solicit older men for sexual favors in order to get a pack of cigarettes. At nine, I was still listening to Kids Ball. <laughs> like, you could just tell, like, how sad and different her childhood was from one, like, ours or most people's. Where, like, at nine, like, our biggest worry was you know, if we're going to get that new Disney toy you wanted and she was being assaulted and literally having to live off scraps. So at 13, Eileen got pregnant for one of her grandfather's friends and it was said that she was put in a home for women, underage women who were pregnant and had kids and from the moment the baby was born, it was put up for adoption. So she had never like experienced any time with that child. And by the age of 14, after her grandmother's death, her grandfather had kicked her out of their house and her brother had died with cancer. So Eileen was all alone and her grandfather was sick of her. And she was forced to live like a vagabond, sleeping in the woods, in the cold, in the snow, come rain or sunshine. She'd be there and sleeping in cars, in dump yards, just trying to find any way to make sure she didn't die. She is has been a survivor her whole life and she kind of incorporate that into herself and her being and her identity entirely even in later years by the time she was 16 she moved to florida because she was sick of the cold city she was in and there she became popular and as a sex worker and a frequent of bars and pubs where she'd start fights and with her aggression issues she'd often be involved in bar fights with people at one point she even threw a cue ball at somebody's head um, and she ended up getting married to a 69-year-old yacht club owner called Lewis, and their their marriage was short, like, <laughs> incredibly short. Um, 
They were married for six months before he had filed for a divorce and restraining order after Eileen beat him with his cane. Um, this is not a joke. I could not make this up. She had beat him with his cane and he had filed for a restraining order and a divorce. And this had continued, This had been like the first of many of Eileen's signs of aggression. Um, for the sake of the rest of this podcast, I'm going to be calling her Lee. In Florida, Lee began to continue. She continued her sex work after her divorce with her husband, and this was when she would take the first life, perfect first victim, victim zero. <laughs> um, he was a fifty-one-year-old sex offender, and he had been out of jail. Eileen usually all Eileen's victims actually had been people who had solicited her for sex work, and that was how she got them. She chose them randomly. Um, this first victim, however, was an abusive person, and she had said that she killed him out of self-defense because he had raped her, sodomized her, and had uh, completely beaten her up, and she killed him out of pure self-defense. That was what she said, and you the fact that he's a sex offender in court, that helped her case a bit. So her second victim was shot six times, and he was also a middle-aged man. Mind you, at this time, Eileen is, is between her, her early, in her early 20s, um, at one point, Eileen met a woman called Tyra, and this ended up being the greatest love of her life. Um, Tyra, con- like later on in life, as Eileen continued to increase her body count, ended up helping Eileen in these cases and was purely aware, completely aware of everything Eileen was doing. Um, so, her third victim was a 40-year-old rodeo workman, and he was shot nine times. And it was said that this murder in particular was personal, but she had never claimed it was in any way. But they had people had like speculated that he had been shot the most out of all her other victims, and so had assumed that this must have been her most personal kill. Although her first kill was definitely the most personal because this was her abuser. So her fifth victim, her fourth victim rather, was a sixty-five-year-old merchant seaman, and he he literally was just caught at the wrong time in the wrong place he she robbed all her victims too for money like she did whatever she could to get scraps after like murdering them and she'd often pawn off their stuff and it'd be this pawning that lead to help the case in the police's case against her eventually as time moved on um her fifth victim was a 50 year old sausage man and he was shot twice and then her sixth victim was actually the most high-profile victim she had ever had, and probably the one which made people inc- like increasingly enraged, especially Floridians. This was probably the murder that had made her set in the eyes of people as a horrible person, and was probably the reason she ended up de- ended up getting death penalty. Um, she killed a retired U.S. Air Force major, and as well, he was also the chief of police, so he was a very important man in in Florida. You know, and she had killed him with six shots to the head and torso, and people had completely hated this. Horrible. <laughs> you know, all death is bad, but hey, he's a military man, so it's worse. Um, then the seventh and last victim was a 62-year-old trucker, and she shot him four times to the head and torso. Eileen was really sloppy with her with her crimes. She was very sloppy, even with her petty theft and grand auto theft and all those other little things she had done before, like prior to her murdering spree. Eileen literally was such a sloppy criminal. She didn't try to hide any of the things she was doing. She didn't pretend to, you know, 
be good she didn't try to be a model citizen like she had charges of obstructing obstructing justice and grand theft auto she literally had like the whole rap sheet and she had never tried to hide these bad things she did and it's often said that most people most women when they're homeless and have nothing to lose they often do crimes like this so they can be incarcerated so they can have a safe space and like steady meals and show up a roof over their head which is absolutely disheartening when the police were come it came to finding her it really wasn't rocket science um she had pawned off one of the victims guns and it was registered in their name so it was pawned and eileen warnos and eileen warnos was the name under said gun um when it was pawned off and also her and her girlfriend tyra while they were running away they had abandoned one of the victim's cars and from this car the the police pulled off prints and that's what led to the incarceration of Eileen. Um at one point Tara did end up betraying her for um she made a deal with the police that if she was able to get a confession out of Eileen that she would be granted immunity and be absolved of all guilt for participating in this crime and aiding and abetting murder. And that's exactly what happened. Um Aileen was betrayed by her one true love and was incarcerated. Let's talk about Eileen's mental illnesses because this is a topic I find really important in the making of this case. Eileen was said to be impulsive and irrational a lot of the time and these are traits usually portrayed with by borderline personality disorder and it was said she was rumored to have this disorder as well as schizophrenic paranoia and paranoid personality disorder both cluster A personality disorders and none of these things were taken into account. Um, she had often said that the police were watching her and she was just being exploited by her lawyer. Everybody was just trying to exploit her and use her for a story. She had said how um, how her lawyer wasn't really trying to help her in any way. And at some point, she said she just wanted to die because um, she'd rather die than be incarcerated where the police could use her to get publicity. And even though like she had been all against all the publicity there have been movies and shows made in her in her and by inspired by her such as the movie monster which is actually a pretty good movie if i do say so myself um and harsh charlie's theron it's a really good movie in general but she had complained often about feeling like she was being used by everybody and at one point she was even sabotaging her own trial so she could get death penalty she had even like retract redacted her her claim that she was doing it out of self-defense just so she could die she she would say that um that she didn't do it that she did it for the thrill and this is the difference between most male serial killers and female serial killers because most male male serial killers are sexual sadists and or just um just sadists in general and just like enjoy the thrill of the kill while most female serial killers do it out of like pure habit or psychosis so for instance Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer, he killed for pleasure and was a necrophile. While Eileen's motives were completely different, they're both serial killers and almost have very similar body counts. People like Ted Bundy were even given the opportunity to spend life imprisonment. Eileen was given six death penalties. She had no ch- chance. Even if she was to be incarcerated, she, did, she, she never got the chance. She never got given the opportunity or there was never an option for her. And at one point, she was like, six death penalties... How many times do I want to kill somebody? End quote. That leads us to today's question. Is evil born or is it created? Is it nature or not or nurture? That that's an important question in these kind of cases because 
people who have never known a kind world shouldn't be expected to be kind and Eileen is a perfect example of that she's a quintessential example of what happens when you don't treat people the way they deserve to be treated she had she she was born into a world that wasn't going to be kind to her from the beginning she didn't have a shot whatsoever she couldn't finish school because she got pregnant she was abused she had aggression issues due to her abuse and being exposed to physical violence from such an early age she had abandonment issues and all these things and she had trust issues especially especially considering the fact that everyone around her just seemed to keep on betraying her and betraying her over and over and she just was just lived a very sad life and her life was sad and her death was even sadder because i believe truly that she could have been given a better shot and at some point she even thought she'd get that better chance um, a local woman in Florida had actually adopted Eileen during this trial and she had made Eileen a born-again Christian and they had planned to own a ranch together and raise horses and own a lot of dogs and it's so sad that Eileen never really got to live out this dream because she was sentenced to death death penalty, death row by lethal, execu- lethal injection. Ooh. Lethal injection on October 9th, 2002 and that was the day she died the 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 running before her execution is what made most people most decent human beings very upset because Eileen was exploited and she was she's really a victim of the criminal justice system if you think about it because she was sentenced to death row and the pres the governor the person running for governor at that time really just wanted to please Floridians by getting rid of her and she was sent for a mental health evaluation where she was con- considered clinically sane for death penalty and homegirl had <laughs> homegirl had schizophrenic ideology and psychosis and she was outwardly proving signs of impulsive behavior and all these things are are proven like are proven fact like people they have put people in mental institutions for less than that but she still got death penalty she still faced death row and she did pass away and for her last meal her budget was twenty dollars she had ended up eating kentucky fried chicken and fries with her mother which is absolutely disheartening for somebody's last meal i mean i'd personally rather have something more filling you know but (laughs) at some point eileen even said to me this world is nothing but evil and all of us are full of evil one way or another and whatever we do we have evil in us all of us end quote and this had me thinking human beings aren't inherently evil i don't think that anybody's born inherently evil but we are the part of our environment and eileen's environment was very toxic from the moment she was born she was never gonna she was never given the chance she was born into a world that was never going to be kind to her and that's all she's seen of the world she's only ever seen unkindness before she died she'd only ever seen suffering and so you cannot expect somebody who has never known anything but suffering to to help um i've watched read this quote and it said something about survivors and it said that you cannot trust survivors because they you don't know what they used what reasons they used to survive which in this case applies completely to eileen because every day she was just trying to survive and eventually that survival was that like that fear of dying that need to survive was the, the thing that led to her death at the end because she had ended up murdering these people 
purely out of self-defense and she had lied in one interview it was even shown that she said that she had that of course it was self-defense but she said that it wasn't in court so she could die and these are suicidal behaviors that couldn't have been missed by the therapists that were meant to evaluate her sanity and so this has made people believe that she was wrongly killed and this is an example of it's of the criminal justice system failing us as it usually does you besties for listening to this podcast this is the end of this episode i hope you enjoyed it and although this didn't end happily as i'd hope it it would have um this is a story that happened this is this was somebody's life eileen warnos is still to this day america's most prolific female serial killer and she is often known as a man-hating lesbian serial killer but she was really just a victim and at the end of the day like i said before my question for today is is evil born or created um make sure you take care of yourself and spread love and light goodbye